talking about growth or how to be successful in the spiritual life. <clears throat> Looked at several lists this week and, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> lots of lists and lots of different topics and uh, lots of long ones, but <clears throat> you're going to be happy. We've only got one point on this list today. Just one. All right, so everybody's saying amen, everybody's happy. In fact, we can preach in three minutes and go home. But if I did that, then you'd feel cheated. So we'll not do that. We'll actually look a bit deeper into this subject. Um, But just one point that we actually need uh, to deal with uh, in our Christian life. Just one thing. And if we'll actually obey this thing, we're going to find, first of all, that we please God and grow closer to Him. And we're going to find His blessing upon our lives. Just one thing. Isn't that good? Don't you love it when God simplifies things for you? Don't you love it when God actually takes and simplifies things? Now, so I want you to go home today with the truth ringing in your ears that will enable you to walk with God in this week if you'll take and apply it. That's a word of prayer, and then we'll look to our text. Father, we ask you to bless us today. Lord, we so desperately need your hand. Lord, we live in a wicked world, and Lord... As with lots so often, Lord, it vexes our righteous souls, Lord, all that we see around us. And, Lord, we come to you today, Lord, and we need your presence. We need you to put things in place and put things right in our lives. You know, I have no confidence that my words can actually stir your people and draw them into a place, Lord, where uh, they, they hear from you and obey you and walk with you. But, oh, Holy Spirit, I know that you're much more passionate about it than I am. I know you're much more passionate about these people and passionate about them and their walk with you. Now, Lord, would you help us in these moments to actually take truth and apply it in our lives in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 2, and we're looking at verse 29 and verse 30. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering? which I have commanded in my habitation, and honors thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel my people. Wherefore the Lord, the God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever, but now the Lord saith, be it far from me. Now here's God is going to give us this truth that is kicking ring in our ears in the, in the latter part of this verse. For them that honor me will I honor... And them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Them that honor me will I honor, and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. So here's the message today. Honor God. And I could close the book and walk away. If you could get that, and listen, you would, you, you would be successful in your Christian life. If you would just honor God. If I would just honor God. We will be successful in our Christian lives. Now some of you, you know, you've been, you've come to the place where you know you've gotten this. And you're honoring God and you're not perfect. And God knows you're not perfect, but the reality is you're honoring God with your life. And what you're finding is you're finding that life is working. You're finding blessing. You're finding a smile. And sometimes we have his smile in our lives and we really don't understand why it is that we have his smile on our lives. But you can actually trace it back to this fact that I honor God. Now, some of you are struggling in your relationship with God today. You're having a great difficulty in your relationship. And, you know, you would never say that, well, I don't, I despise God. But what's happening is you're not honoring God. You're honoring yourself or something else. And God steps in and takes that as despising. 
And it's detrimental to our spiritual lives. The, <clears throat> the story behind the verse that we're reading is, of course, the story of Eli. Now, <clears throat> Eli, in the main, was a good and godly man. He was a prophet. You know, <clears throat> he had a relationship with God, certainly. But he had these two boys. And these two boys didn't have a relationship with God and didn't do right. And because they were his sons, they were priests. And <clears throat> as priests they became an abomination before God and before the people. They were wicked boys. They were immoral. They were covetous. You know, and what they did, everybody would think, oh, we've got to go to the temple and worship. We've got to go up there and worship. And those, we're going to meet those guys. And they're just going to sicken us. We don't want to go. Their carnal wickedness was actually putting people off from, <clears throat> from going up to the temple. So you say, well, <clears throat> well, why is that a problem for Eli? Well, here's what, here's what, Eli was supposed to deal with the situation. He was dad, first of all, but he was the high priest. He was supposed to come and say, you boys are out. You boys are out, you don't show your face around here again, you are wicked, and everybody's going to know that you're out, because what you're doing is, you're, you're, you're making uh, the temple the stench in the people's eyes. Now, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> he, he did talk with them, boys, boys, don't do that. But he never took it far enough. He never put them to the door and said, you won't be in. And because he didn't put them to the door, God took this. He said, you honored your boys over me. In other words, the boys were dishonoring him, God, and dad didn't deal with it. And so God steps in and God deals with the situation. And Eli loses everything because <clears throat> what God is doing is God is saying, You've despised me. Now, it's interesting. We'll look at it again uh, <clears throat> uh, shortly. But do you know that David accused, God accused David of the same thing in his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah? That David despised him? That he failed to honor him? And we'll look at what God means. But this issue is huge for God. This issue is enormous in God's heart and in God's mind. This idea of uh, us honoring him. And really, as I look to the scripture... You know, there are some things in Scripture that I really, for the life of me, have found it hard to understand. But this principle actually lifts the veil on it and helps you to understand it. Do you ever wonder why Rahab is treated so well in Scripture? I mean, here you have Rahab, and first of all, she's a harlot. Well, okay, so um, she may have been a harlot, but she, got, but she got right. But do you know the basis of the blessing in Rahab's life? She told a lie. That's the basis. Not listen, lying is wrong. But she told a lie. <clears throat> but based on the fact that she misled them, the, uh, the soldiers when they were looking for the spies, God blessed her. She becomes part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find her mentioned. She's actually put in at Rahab the harlot so that we know exactly who it was. And you say, why? Why is she? Because she honored God. Here she was, stuck in the middle of a pagan kingdom. Everything in her and everybody around her said, listen, you need to be loyal to your pagan kingdom uh, and you need to fight against these people of, of, of a so-called God. And she said, no. Their God is the God. I'm going to honor him. And she did. And God took her and God <clears throat> took her life and, and she became one of the great ones of Scripture. Uh, if we go down through Scripture, what we find is we find people that honored God and we find people that honor God in their lives. Now, they're not perfect. 
because there are no perfect characters in Scripture. Joseph comes as close to it as you're going to find, but the reality is that we just don't know uh, as far as Joseph is concerned. Nothing, nothing that he ever did wrong, but he was a sinner like the rest of us. But none of the characters in Scripture are perfect. God, God, God re- records his hero, and then, he, and then what he does is he, sh- he shows in, in, in technical their faults and their flaws. But some of them are honored, and some of them are not. Some of them are blessed in spite of their failings, and others are not. Abraham definitely wasn't perfect. You know, Abraham uh, lied on two occasions, got himself in a whole pile of trouble, by the way. By the way, uh, just because uh, you're one of God's heroes does not mean that sin doesn't cost you. Sin always has a price tag involved in it. But he lied on a couple of occasions. But what we find with Abraham is we find a life that was singularly honored by God. God now, why did God honor him? Well, it's simple. Abraham honored God. All through Abraham's life, God is saying, I want you to do this. And Abraham is saying, yes, hear my Lord. Ultimately, Abraham wants you to offer Isaac. And we looked at it just a couple of weeks ago. And what does Abraham say? Abraham says, yes, Lord, you're, important. you're, you're more important to me than even this precious son that means everything to me. And Abraham honored God, so God was able to honor Abraham. And he did it spectacularly. Moses honored God, except on one occasion, at the rock. Now, we look at that situation, and Moses got angry. He was frustrated with the people, and I, I don't blame him being frustrated with the people, do you? Uh, <clears throat> he was frustrated with the people, and um, God told him to speak to the rock, and he went out, and he strikes the rock twice, and he's just bent out of shape with everybody. And uh, then he says, must we deliver you water? You know who Moses honored on that occasion? He honored himself, not God. And he never got to walk into the promised land because of it. See, this thing of honor, we find it all the way through the scripture. Um, Rahab uh, honored God. <clears throat> Eli honored his sons and despised God and so he lost everything. Huge issue. And I mean, if we were to go through Eli's life, we would find lots of good things in Eli's life as well. But he honored his sons above God and God said, no. And not only Eli, but the whole line of priests were taken out of it because of it. Eli, Eli succeeded in turning the whole thing around in, in a wrong direction. Then we find the kings, and we can go through a long list of the kings, and what we would find is we would find some kings honored God, and God honored them, and some kings didn't honor God, and God didn't honor them. There's a couple of kings, though, that I want to just bring to your attention, right? Um, because uh, th- th- these are different kind of characters. First of all, we have Ahab. Now, Ahab is the benchmark of bad kings. Ahab, king of the northern kingdom, and he, listen, he is just, he, I mean, he did more wickedly than all the rest whom Jezebel, his wife, stirred up. Right? So remember that, ladies, you can stir your husband up for good or for bad. Right? But she stirred him up to do wrong, and he did more wickedly uh, than anybody uh, ever did. But, and, and the ultimate is in, 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 in Naboth's vineyard. Ahab wants the vineyard, comes to Naboth, says, I'll buy it here, I'll give you another one for it. And Naboth says, no way. That's, that's, my, that's in my family line, you're not getting it, there's no way, I wouldn't sell it to you for anything. Sorry, no way, king. And so he goes home and he turns his head into the wall and he's crying in his bed. And so <clears throat> Jezebel, meek and mild, comes in and says to him, what's wrong, honey? And <clears throat> he says, well, I offered Naboth to buy his vineyard and he wouldn't sell it. And she says, and you're the king of Israel? 
don't you worry about it. I'll go get you. I'll get you the uh, the vineyard. So she goes out and she has Naboth uh, <coughs> accused wrongly, convicted, uh, condemned, and he is killed. And she comes home and she says, "Hey, honey, I got you the vineyard." And <coughs> Ahab goes down. And he wanders in the vineyard, and God says to Elijah, go, 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 go see him, go catch him, he's down there, he's just taking it right now, go talk to him. And so Elijah comes down and pronounces judgment on him. And then something strange happens. I don't think Ahab's worth the time of day. But something really strange happens. In 1 Kings 21, verse 28, let me just read it for you. And the word of the Lord came unto Elijah the Tishbite, saying, Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. What happened is that when Elijah pronounced judgment on him, Ahab actually humbled himself before God and put on sackcloth and ashes, and God was entreated. Can you imagine that? This guy that did more wickedly, what did Ahab do? In this one instance, he honored God. And you know what? Didn't blot out all, all the rest of his sins. But God caught it. And he withdrew the judgment till the next generation. You see, this thing of honor is amazing. Manasseh is another character. Manasseh lived, <coughs> reigned for 55 years. And uh, he, was, he was another benchmark for wickedness. I mean, he just did, he just did it all his own way and did it wrong. And, um, <coughs> you know... <coughs> didn't get anything right, didn't, didn't do anything right. And I don't know how God let him survive for 55 years. But do you know that in Manasseh's life, there came a turning point. Second Chronicles 33, verse 12, And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. You know what he did? He honored God. Here's Manasseh, wicked as all get out. If, if you and I had been on the sidelines with him saying, you didn't try that one on God, he's, ne he's never going to be fooled by you, Manasseh. He's seen all that you need. There's no way God's going to take this from you. And he prayed unto him. And he was entreated of him. And heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. He honored God on that one occasion. And you know what? God wasn't treated of him. This issue of honoring God is really important with God. <clears throat> Saul, King Saul, lost his kingdom. Why did he lose his kingdom? He lost his kingdom because he honored the people above God. He did what they wanted him to do above what God wanted him to do. You know, if we really, you know, if we examine the nuts and bolts of, you know, of Saul's failure, it was minor failure. He did most of what God told him to do. He kept Agag, he kept the sheep, and he kept the oxen. But <clears throat> the rest of it, he had, he, had, he had destroyed the whole nation. But in it, what he did was, he honored the people. They wanted to do it, so he did it. And God said, you can't be king then. God just struck him down as king because of who he honored. Now, look at me at 1 Samuel chapter 12.
Sorry. We're going to second Samuel. My, my apologies. Second Samuel chapter 12. <clears throat> this is David's sin with Bathsheba. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler into the rich man, to the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives unto thy bosom, and I gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah, and if it had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. What was God saying to David? He said, David, listen, I took you from the sheepfold. I made you a king. I protected you from Saul. I have given to you and given to you and given to you. And if you wanted more, I would have given that to you too. You only had to ask. I would have given you anything uh, that, <clears throat> that you needed. But look at verse 9. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? You know what? God took it very personally. God took it personally. <clears throat> well, what, what, what he had done... Uh, in, in taking Bathsheba and, uh, and in killing Uriah. God, God, took, God took it as though David was despising him. Now, you and I would look at the issue and we would say, hang on a minute, adultery and murder are big deals. Lord, what's your problem here? What's your issue with this man? I mean, he's committed adultery and he committed murder. I mean, he deserves to hang for those things. But that's not the issue that God is catching him on. That's not the deal that God is actually dealing with him on. God is dealing with them that he despised the commandment. It was very personal to God. David, I've taken care of you. I've done everything you need, given you everything you needed and more. I've blessed you beyond measure and you've despised my commandment and done your own thing. Let's continue on though. Uh, <clears throat> Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and hast taken his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house because thou hast despised me. What? David would say, no, 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 Lord, I never despised you. In fact, I've gone to the temple and I've done all that I'm supposed to do and I've kept everything going. No, David, you did your own thing. I would have given you anything you wanted, anything you needed. But instead of asking me, you went against my commandment, you despised my commandment, and you despised me. Here's the deal. When we do those things we know God does not want us to do, it's not just arm's length for him. God doesn't, doesn't say, tut, 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 you silly little boy, you, you, you didn't want... No, what we're doing is we're despising him. We're saying, Lord, I'm going to do my way. 
I'm going to go my own way and do my own thing and, and you can't stop me. And God takes it very personally. We despise him. Now remember the principle that we, we, we read uh, back in, in, um, uh, in 1 Samuel? Them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Them that honor me will I honor and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. God is serious about it. This applies right down the line. It applies to us. It applies to King David. And by the way, David repented and God continued to use him. But there was a price tag. And in all honesty, in David's life, if we looked at David's life and we looked at honor and despising, we would say, no, listen, David, he wrote all the Psalms. He was never done honoring you, God. He was never done putting you first, God. Except in this one thing. And God said, instead of honoring me, you despise me, David. Now, we don't, we don't look at it like that, do we? We don't think it's that personal. In fact, we want God to be a little bit impersonal when it, when it comes to the point where we want to sin. But God says, no, when you choose to do your own thing and to go against me, I take it as you despising me. I take it as you despising me. I want you to honor me. Now, Here's the, the truth, too. With David, he says this, I would have given you what you needed, David. When you come to God and you say, Lord, I need. You know what? Your Heavenly Father's not hard to entreat. You don't have to twist his arm and <clears throat> make him come to your beck and call. He loves you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to give you that which is good. He wants to give you that which, was right, which is right. And if he holds back on something in your life, it's, you know what? Because it's, it's not right. You, know, you don't want the things that God says no to you on. You really don't. If we'd any sense, we wouldn't keep pushing at the door. Because when you find out what's inside the door, where God told you not to go, you know what you're going to find? It's not very good. But he says, I will give you whatever you need. I will take care of you. And he said, no. I need this and I'm going to have it regardless of you. That's despising him. And when we despise them, we're going to be lightly esteemed. We're going to find a great price tag uh, in our lives. Let's continue on, because one more thought I want you to catch from David. Uh, now, therefore, in verse 10, the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. That's going to happen with Absalom, his son. That's really... Uh, <clears throat> awful the way that comes about. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. David's sin was not just the fact that he despised God in going his own way. Because of David's position and who he was, you know what? <clears throat> the, the, the unsaved got to look at the situation and say, your man is supposed to be godly? He's supposed to be so holy? I don't think so. Even, even the heathen don't do the things he's done. And what he had done is he had given great occasion uh, uh, to, the, <clears throat> to, to, to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Do you know when we sin blatantly and go out and do our own thing? That's what we do too. That's what we do. And what we do is not only do we despise God ourselves, but we give other people opportunity to despise God. 
We give other people <clears throat> a reason and cause. Those are terrible things, right? <clears throat> um, th- they ought not to be the children of God. Solomon honored his wives and lost everything. Solomon's one of the saddest characters in Scripture as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he starts off in this humble place where he honors God. What would you like, Solomon? You can have anything you like, money, the death of your enemies, whatever you like. Lord, give me wisdom, because I don't think I know how to rule your people. They're great people. I want to rule them well for you. Lord, give me wisdom. And God was honored by what Solomon asked for, so he gave him that and riches and everything else. And and Solomon comes to the end of his days, and he's married heathen women. And they led his heart astray, and he began to worship idols. And so God takes the whole kingdom. Leaves, leaves his son Jeroboam with <clears throat> Rehoboam with just one tribe and takes the rest from him in that day. Well, because he didn't honor God. What a tragedy to start so well and to end so low. <clears throat> You're the thief on the cross. What did he do? He never did a good thing in his life. He was a thief. He ended up on a cross. He deserved hell. He admitted he deserved he deserved to die for his sin. But you know what he did from the cross? Obviously he believed. That's the key issue here. But he honored Jesus Christ. He honored Jesus Christ. What does Jesus say this day? Thou shalt be with me. Man, the guy never did a good thing in his life. But while he's hanging on the cross, he honors God. And God takes it. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> and folks, we could go on and on and on. But the principle keeps playing itself out. If you, if you actually take the principle and apply it all across Scripture, you're going to find, yeah, you know what, that works, that fits. The guys that honored God, they got honored. And the guys that despised God, they got despised, they got lightly esteemed. Yeah, that's always the way it works. And you know what you're going to do? You're going to find it in your life too. And you're going to find it in the lives of the people around you. When you honor God, you get honored. And when you despise God and go your own way and do your own thing, you get lightly esteemed. That's just a principle. It's the principle of life. It just kind of rings true because it is true. Now I want you to look at me at Proverbs chapter 3. Read from verse 1. Proverbs 3. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. That's promise, by the way. Length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. All right, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. <clears throat> you know what? There's two wisdoms in the world, isn't there? There's God's wisdom and there's the world's wisdom. And they're total opposites. 
No, they really are. Now, <clears throat> you know, we try and mesh them uh, for the sake of encouraging people to come, but you can't mesh them. God's wisdom and man's wisdom just won't be meshed. They w- won't come together. God's wisdom and man's wisdom are opposing. Now, each one of you have a wisdom of the world about you. Because you've lived in the world, and you kind of know how things work in the world, and you've, you've got that wisdom of the world. And then from Scripture, what you've got is you've got <clears throat> wisdom of God about you too. And what you've got is you've got inside you, you've got very often, you've got this decision. Okay, this is what looks like the best thing for me to do as far as the world is concerned, and this is what God says to. Which will I do? Will I do will I, my own wisdom, or will I do God's wisdom? Which will I do? And you make choices regularly about which one you're going to do. Now, every time you choose to do God's way, God is honored. Let me put a picture in your mind for the next time you're making a decision like that. What you've got is you've got God sitting looking at you. Now, he knows because he's got what way you're going to go, but he's watching. And he's waiting for you to choose to honor him. And when you choose to honor him, he says, great, now I can honor him. When you honor God, God can honor you. And when you make your choice, and say, well, forget God for the time being, I've got to do this anyway. God takes that as you despising him. You cut him out of the picture. Don't want you in the picture right now, God. I want to do my own thing, go my own way. You, you, you Take a back seat, God. God says, you despise me. You, know, you, you cut me out of the picture. Don't we understand that in relationships? <clears throat> You're very close to somebody and they cut you out of the decisions that they're making. You say, hey, what's going on here? You know, what's going on here? I thought we were close. You know, what we've got is we've got a God who says, no, listen, I don't want you to do your own wisdom here. I want you to do my wisdom. And when you do God's wisdom, God says, yes, I can honor him. I can honor him. And when you do your own thing, God takes it as you're despising him. And he can't honor you. That's not very simple. Isn't that really simple? And isn't it true that we make those kind of choices all the time? You say, well, sometimes I don't know which, which way is God. Listen, ask him. Isn't there a promise in Scripture that says, if we ask wisdom of him, he will freely give it? Ask him. He'll show you which way to honor him. Think if you've got a decision to make and you say, okay, now, Lord, I don't know which way is going to honor you in this thing. Would you show me? Think that he would show you? Right quick. He'd be glad to because he's standing there watching. He's listening. He's ready <clears throat> for that one. Honor him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Now, <clears throat> obviously the word is different, but we could do this. We could put, in all thy ways honor him and he shall direct thy path. What does it mean? Lord, what's the right way? I want to go your way. Lord, just show me. I want to go your way. Now, don't make this full of angst and problems and issues and difficulties, you know, that you need, you need a sign so you can do it. You know, you walk with God and God's going to be showing you the right way to go. When you go the wrong way, something's going to ring wrong about it. But Lord, I want to go your way. That's my heart. My heart I want, is I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. Just show me. I want to do what you want me to do. Honor Him in all your ways, all through your day. Lord, I want you. Honor Him. <clears throat> um, 
Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know what? We have a tremendous understanding of what evil is in this room. I really don't have to teach you much on it. You know. Sometimes we, we end up, you know, going head to head because although you know, you decide you're going to do it anyway. And I'm trying to convince you it's wrong, but really that's not the issue. I don't need to convince you it's wrong. You know it's wrong. <clears throat> you know, um, depart from evil. Doesn't that make sense? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, I use weed killer around my place. <clears throat> and um, the, the thing about weed killer is, weed killer doesn't know what's a flower and what's a weed. It doesn't know. So you've got to be very careful where you spe spread it. So I'm very careful that I don't spread the evil on the flowers. I kind of want to keep it as far away from them as I possibly can. So I've got all these kind of ways that I actually avoid the weed killer from going near the flowers. Evil is like weed killer in my life. Avoid it. You know, it's not like I can put leaf, well, you know, well, I got weed killer on one leaf. It's just one leaf. No, because the one leaf goes into the rest of the plant. And when you leave evil in one area of your life, it bleeds into the rest of your life. And it does you damage. Isn't it wise to depart from evil? Isn't that wise? Isn't it just flee from it? That's not God ruining your fun, spoiling your life or anything else. What God is saying to you is, listen, don't do that one. That's dumb. No, just don't do it. Depart from evil. But you know what? Sometimes we say, no, I won't. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care what you say, Lord. And you know what God takes that as? He takes that as you despising him. That's what God takes it as. Now, God does not hate you because you despise him. He says he lightly esteems he can't bless a life that despises him. He can't bless you in the area where you're despising him. He just can't. Could he honestly bless Eli and his family and let that go on? No, he had to cut it short. He had to cut it short. Is God's heart to bless you? Yeah. When you get it wrong and you despise God and you do your own thing, does God say, okay, that's it, I'm finished with you? No, you're his child. He loves you still. You're going home to be with him. What we're talking about is blessing. What we're talking about is smile. What we're talking about is the here and now. Now, universally, <clears throat> what we do when we choose to sin is, we say, well, I have to have it better for me in the here and now, don't we? Sin is a short-term option. We know that. We know that sin doesn't, definitely is not going to help us in heaven. But right now, it might help me a little bit and make life easier for me, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll have to do it. But ultimately what God is saying is, no, that doesn't help you at all. What you do is you remove blessing from your life when you do that. You know, I'm sure David, for the rest of his life, thought back on his sin and said, I wish I'd never done it. I wish I'd never done it. You know, when Absalom died in a tree, and David is there crying, and he's just weeping in the gates and saying, Oh, Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would that I had died in your place. You know what he's thinking? I deserve to die because it's my fault. 
It's my fault that you're, di- you're dead. I caused this. You know, <clears throat> listen, sin's always a dumb option. It's always a foolish option. We honor ourselves, dishonor God, and we end up paying a horrible price for it. <clears throat> Verse 7 again. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. <clears throat> you know, we'll say again you had weed killer in your house. And it's on the shelf in the fridge where it should never be, right? <clears throat> but it's on the shelf in the fridge. And I say, listen, don't drink the, don't drink the, 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 the weed killer. Like, depart from the weed killer. Don't, don't touch the weed killer. It's going to be health to your navel and marrow to your bones if you depart from it. It's going to help your life and your health a whole lot. God says, depart from evil. It's going to help you a whole lot if you just get it out of there, get rid of it. Right? <clears throat> Look at verse 9. And verse 9, we hit our word again. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, let me tell you a couple of things God is not saying there. He's not saying, you give and he'll make you rich. I mean, that's not what he's saying. That, that's a prosperity gospel, and it's just not true. Right? What it is saying is if you honor God, he will take care of you and he will bless you. That's what it's saying. Now, if you're going to honor God in all honesty, there is no way you can honor God in your life uh, and not honor Him with your substance, with your money. There just isn't. It just isn't possible. It isn't possible for you to honor God. Oh, yeah, I honor God. Oh, yeah, I, I give God uh, <clears throat> the best in my life. But no, 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 no. I don't, I don't tithe. I do stuff like that. I give. No, you know, I, I don't have money to do that. There's no way you can do that. You know, <clears throat> one of the... You know, we're such a people of terra firma, and we're such a people that are, you know, dominated by the nuts and bolts and the realities of life, and money is one of the nuts and bolts and realities of life, that, you know, if we're not willing to actually give to God where the money is concerned, what we're saying is, no, I'm not going to honor you. And by the way, isn't it amazing how much we would honor God if we had money, but we won't honor him with the tithe? I don't think so. I really don't think so. God says, honor me <clears throat> with the substance of the first... And what's that? That's you in your little life. That's, that's me in my little life, you know. Looking at the money that I need. But no, Lord, I'm going to honor you with it. And what does God do? God looks down and God smiles and God says, yeah, now I can honor you. And anyone that does it knows it's true. Anyone that does it knows it's true. People sometimes tithe and stop tithing because their, their faith fails. But you know what? They will always tell you when they honor God with their substance, God blesses them. Because that's the principle of life. Honor God. I, um, and then he goes on, despise not the chastening of the Lord. But, but here's the thing for you. This issue of honoring God, could we say that it's the key to spiritual life? Could we say that if, you know what, if we don't understand all the rest, and there's lots more that God gives us and helps us to understand about him that helps us with all of this thing. But could we honestly say that, you know what, if I could just do this one thing, if I could just do this one thing and honor him, then he could honor me. Of course we could. 
I can't do, I can't do, I, you know, I can't do 613 commandments from the Old Testament. I'm just not able. But I can do one thing. I can honor God. I can put him first. I can say yes to him and no to me. I can say yes to him and no to other people. <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> I, 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 I can do that. I can honor God. And God says if I honor him, he will honor me. And God also says, if I despise him, then I will be lightly esteemed. I don't want that. I, I really don't want that. I, I do not want that. I don't, I don't want that with everything that's in me, and neither do you. I don't want to live my life with God looking at my life and saying, that guy is despising me. I'm going to have to block the blessings in his life. I don't want that. Neither do you. So let me close. <clears throat> right? I'm going to give you, ask you three questions. Just three questions, right? First of all, are you honoring God in the way that you live? The choices in your life, day by day, are they honoring to God? And you say, well, pastor, no. Then fix it. You say, but it's going to cost me to fix it. It's going to cost you much more not to fix it. Fix it. With his smile and his blessing upon your life, and you fixed up the issue, you know what? Your life's definitely going to be better. Fix it. To areas in your life where you're not honoring God, fix it. <clears throat> Secondly, are you honoring others above God? Are you honoring other people above God? People are doing wrong and you know, you're, you're responsible in the situation, but you turn a blind eye. You say, well, it doesn't matter. I can't do anything about it. And, and, and you, that's, that's what Eli did. And, and God didn't buy it. <clears throat> are you honoring others above God when they're doing wrong? <clears throat> when you're supposed to stop them? Are you, are you honoring other people more than you honor God? Are there people in your life for whom you would do wrong? Because you want to please them more than you want to please God. You know what you're doing? You're doing this all. You're honoring people above God. You're keeping them happy above God. And listen, we've got all kinds of justifications. We've got all kinds of reasoning that goes behind some of those situations. And they're difficult and they're complex. And you know what? No, you know what? It's very clear. Honor God. You say, but they'll be bent out of shape with me. Honor God. Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they would have been bent out of shape. I think, they did. I think they both had anger problems. I think whenever Dad tried to talk to those boys, they reared up on him and, <clears throat> listen, they made things at home very uncomfortable. And maybe Mom got involved in the action too. But you know what? Eli was supposed to deal with it. And he didn't. And what God said was, you're honoring your sons above me. Could it be said of you that you're honoring somebody above God? That's really serious, right? <clears throat> and the third one is this, are you honoring God in your giving? Are you just honoring God in your giving? Very basic, very simple. 10% of everything you, that comes into you belongs to God. Are you honoring God with that? You say, I knew you were going to get to this, Pastor. I knew you were going to talk about money in the end. Listen, <clears throat> 
I really honestly believe that God provides for everything he wants to accomplish. I think he just does that. But here's the thing. I think in your life and in my life, if we don't honor him, we can't be honored. It's as simple as that. And you're saying, hang on a minute, Pastor. I mean, I'm not sure about this tithing thing, this uh, New Testament. Well, listen, you follow the scriptures all the way through. And you look at where it uses the word honor and giving. Honor and give God the sacrifice. Honor. There's no way around it. That's a key issue in your life. The issue is not how much. The issue is that you honor God with that portion of his income, of your income that is his. And you know what you'll find? You'll find when you start giving that, it gets exciting. God loveth the cheerful giver. How could you be cheerful and give? Try it and see. God loves a cheerful giver. When you, when you give cheerfully to God, listen, God is best, but are you honoring God? So, so three questions for you. Right? First of all, are you honoring God with your life? Right? If you're not, get it right. Honor him. Second question, are you honoring people more than you honor God? Stop it. Honor him. And the third question, are you honoring God with your substance? You know what? <clears throat> the promise is honor and blessing from him. I believe him, don't you? If you have to get something in your right, in your life right, listen, do it. It's worth it. The sweetest, most blessed thing that you could have in your life is the smile of God. Let's do it. Let's stand for prayer. I'm going to pray, and then when I'm finished praying, the piano plays, and God is dealing with you. Let me ask you, do business with him. Where you're sitting, come forward if you like, um, but do business with God. But don't just do business and walk out the door and forget about it. This is one of those messages that if you do business, there's a follow-through required. Follow through. Follow through and see the blessing that flows in your life. Father in heaven, we do thank you, Lord, for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for uh, making it simple and straightforward. And, oh, Lord, I pray, would you bless your people, Lord. Lord, I trust that you have been working in hearts and lives even as I've been speaking. You know, Holy Spirit, would you take it now the next step and bring each one to that place of decision. Uh, that place where things are made right. And, oh, Lord, may we be made right with you. And, Lord, may we be a people that honor you so that you can honor us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. As the piano plays and God has dealt with you, you do business with him.